0: Welcome back to the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. This is episode 64. Core, we haven't recorded in a little over four months, man, but boy, does it feel good to be back talking some football.
1: Yeah, man, definitely. Definitely feels good to be back. It's been a minute. I think the last episode was probably the draft. So, you know, kind of kind of took the summer off, but, hey, football starts Thursday. Definitely looking forward to uh, getting back
0: into it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? We had to kind of build up the anticipation again. People keep them on the edge of their seats when is the deep ball coming back so now we have a nice big return we're going to come out with back-to-back episodes now we're going to have the nfc preview which we're going to do today the afc preview which we'll be releasing tomorrow we're not going to talk college football week one although it was awesome we just got a lot to cover in the nfl but we'll get back into college at some point down the road but core as i just mentioned we're talking about the nfc for 2022 and we're going to start first core on the east coast i mean we're east Coast boys, so. We'll start their core and we'll start with our last year's reigning division champ, the Dallas Cowboys core. They finished 12 and 5 last year, but an ugly loss in the first round to the San Francisco 49ers in Dallas. I mean, Dallas fans, all they can remember too is how Dak Prescott did that QB draw and they just didn't have enough time to spike the ball. Uh definitely disappointing for them. The good news for them, though, is they brought back both of their coordinators. It looked as if maybe Kellen Moore would take the Miami job, maybe. Dan Quinn would go to the Broncos, but both of them are back. But, and I don't know how I feel about this Dallas team. I'm curious with you. They did lose a couple guys in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup they brought back, but he's going to be out for the first couple weeks, it looks like, as he recovers from a torn ACL. Just lost Tyrone Smith on their offensive line to go along with Connor Williams and Lael Collins in the offseason. I mean, it's a different supporting cast for Dak Prescott, and you don't know what Ezekiel Elliott you're getting. Um, should you be Would you be a little concerned if you're a Cowboys fan?
1: See, like I still think the Cowboys are definitely still a playoff caliber team in the NFC. But I don't know, I think last year kind of just seemed different than previous years. Like they had everything clicking and you still lost in the first round. Like obviously you just named guys that are gone, Amari Cooper, um, Tyrone Smith, Lael Collins, um guys like that. And now you got another year. I mean, Dak Prescott, he did look good last year coming off that injury, but um, I don't know how the O-line is going to be compared to, to last year. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, another year. I mean, running backs, you know, they – as, like, the years come on, they take a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. So, I feel like Zeke's a guy kind of trending a little bit downward. I don't know if it'll prove me wrong. I mean, C.D. Lamb on the outside, I think, is – um is a super. I think he's a superstar in this league. So, I think him as your wide receiver one, I think, is good. Dalton Schultz is a good tight end. But – I don't know. I definitely expect Dallas to fall off a little bit compared to last year. They were 12-5, and five, and that defense last year had a ton of takeaways. Trayvon Diggs, guy was just getting a ton of picks. Micah Parsons, obviously, an absolute stud. I don't know. I think the defense is still really good. Dan Quinn did a good job, but I expect them – I can't see how they can maintain what they did last year. There's so many turnovers. So I definitely expect Dallas to fall off a little bit, but I still definitely think – more than capable of winning this division.
0: Yeah. I mean, the NFC East isn't really particularly the strongest division. So that definitely keeps them in it. And I mean, it's pretty clear if you ask me, they do have the best quarterback in the division being Dak Prescott. But yeah, you mentioned some of those losses on the offense. You mentioned how good the defense was last year and how many takeaways. It's almost natural for some regression to come there. One guy, Corey, that kind of escaped my mind. I was talking about some of the losses they had on offense, but on defense, Randy Gregory also went to the Denver Broncos. I remember, the, like Dallas offered him a deal, and then he took like a similar deal with the Broncos. I remember he was going to sign back with Dallas, but he left. They did bring in Anthony Barr. I know he's a little older now and stuff like that, but maybe he'll help out at linebacker next to Parsons, who is a budding superstar. Parsons probably will be in conversations, potentially even as early as this year for defensive player of the year. I mean, he was so dominant last year in route to his uh, defensive rookie of the year trophy. You mentioned Diggs in the secondary. Their secondaries are right. They did lose their other safety, Xavier Woods. Not like he was anything – completely special. You know, what I mean that's like kind of one of those losses in the NFL offseason that you're just like every every team loses some of them. I think the biggest thing will be obviously Gregory up front and then their offensive line. There's a lot of shuffling there. Ezekiel Elliott going into year number seven. What has he got left in him and stuff like that? Cause he is trending in the wrong direction if you ask me for where he wants to be. I still think he's got some juice left in him though. Tony Pollard I would assume is going to get some more touches in the offense, but core right up behind dallas i mean the philadelphia eagles last year went nine and eight and they made the wild card uh round they did lose ultimately to tampa bay but they look like they were getting more comfortable each and every week now one thing that i'll always say about philadelphia last year they were the only team in the nfl that did not be a playoff team nine wins zero against the playoff worthy teams you could say they beat who they were supposed to but listen i'm not going to criticize them for that they don't make their schedule and stuff like that just shout that's how it goes sometimes Their roster got a lot better. Howie Roseman's proven to be one of the best GMs in the NFL. He goes and gets what his team needs. Um, I think they're real strong this year. Like I said, I think they have one of the best rosters in the NFL outside of the quarterback position. I think a lot of it lies on Jalen Hurts. And um, if you think Jalen Hurts can be that guy, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a team that you'd like to really back this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, I think, are a team trending in, in the right direction right now. As you said last year, they did go nine and eight. Um, didn't really they kind of folded against better teams in, in the league, but I think I think that this is like a really talented team. Honestly, I think a lot of it depends on what Jalen Hurts can do. I think Jalen Hurts obviously was a really good, really good fantasy quarterback, but I don't know, I still think he did he did well. I mean, he he could obviously read defenses a little better, make some some better throws, but I think another year in the system, I expect them to get better. Obviously, they're trying to help him out. They brought in A.J. Brown. I think this offense will be will be really good this year. Um, I don't know. Miles Sanders in the backfield, I think he's still a talented back. I think, obviously, on the defense, they brought in um, James Bradbury, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So, I don't know. I mean, and they drafted um, – I forget his name. It's the not- Georgia boys. Or- they drafted uh,
0: Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean.
1: Yeah, Jordan Davis, big guy. Nicobe Dean obviously found the draft. So, yeah, I think the Eagles um, are right there also at the top of this division. I think they can easily win this division. Um, We'll get into our predictions on who's going to win it. But, yeah, I honestly like the Eagles going into this year. I think they could be um a dark horse team, in the NFC, and um make some noise and be kind of a, a problem for other teams in the
0: conference. Yeah, I think the NFC, there is kind of a little bit of an opening maybe to step into that top tier in a sense. Yeah. I think that there are still certain teams that are like a step up, but there's space for people to slot right in behind them. And I think Philadelphia definitely could if Jalen Hurts takes the next next step. I know towards – like he had his ups and downs last year. I remember the game he played against the Giants, do like three interceptions in it. But there was the game against the Saints where he ran like crazy. And towards the end of the year, they just really started playing more to his strengths. Now, he does have to get a little bit better as a passer. But Hurts is one of those guys, like mentally, if you ask me, he's like – like people can rally around it. He's a gamer is what I'm trying to get at. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely somebody that it looks like Philadelphia can um, – rally around, as I just mentioned. Nick Sirianni seemed to do a good job of catering to his strengths. A.J. Brown, as you mentioned, will help for sure. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. The biggest thing, too, is what they're going to do at running back. I know they still have Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell as well, so that'll be interesting definitely to take a look at, but you mentioned the defensive pickups they made in Bradbury, Gardner Johnson, Jordan Davis, and the Kobe Dean. They also brought in Hassan Reddick from Carolina, he was there for on a one-year deal, back-to-back years now. He's had 10-plus sacks. he definitely help the Eagles pass us. they got to still Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Now, those guys are more aging, you know what I mean? They were part of that Super Bowl 52 team, it was maybe. that. Yeah, they won Super Bowl 52, it was, uh, against the New England Patriots a few years back. But, yeah, I think that the Eagles can def- – I think a lot of their success this year relies on Jalen Hurts. I think if Jalen Hurts is as good as he was last year, they can still improve on – where they were last, like on a 9-8 and eight record. But I think if Hurts could take a step and develop into possibly like, yeah, like this could be our quarterback, not even for the next eight years. Like maybe this could be our quarterback for the next three, four years. The Philadelphia Eagles could potentially make some noise. So, core we talked about maybe the two reigning playoff teams from the NFC East. Let's go down the line a little bit, talk about the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. I think the main storyline around both of these teams will be their quarterbacks. It's kind of – you think it's their final chance, Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz, as being NFL starters? And I'm curious, if not, which one of the two do you think would, like, necessarily get another chance? And I'll also give you this score. Which one of the two do you think is going to have a better season?
1: See, I think both these guys under a lot of pressure. I think Carson Wentz is definitely under a lot of pressure right now. I think this kind of is certainly his last chance, just because obviously he was on the Eagles. He was – um MVP candidate and since like he hurt his knee he really hasn't been the same he went to, he went to Indianapolis after one season they're like nah you're not the guy now he goes to a situation where uh, it's not it's not as good of a team as it was in Indianapolis it's in the commanders I think this is more of a position for him to just go out and ball and just just play a little more freely because I mean the commanders I think like I said they're not as good of a team as the Colts so I think with, with with the Colts, it was like, oh, you have such a good team. Like, you just got to be decent, and this team will be really good. And they failed to make the playoffs. after they lost to the Jaguars. I think with the Commanders, if the team, like, doesn't succeed that, that much, like, not all will be on Carson Wentz. But I still think it's kind of his last chance. Like, he has to go out there. got to play good boys, gotta got to make good – he's just got to do everything um, of a leader and a quarterback. I think if he goes out there and he doesn't have a good season, like, I really don't see him being a starter in the league anymore. He's already 29. And then Daniel Jones. See, I think Daniel Jones, I could see him, if, like, if he has a bad season in New York, I think. I could see him going to another team, maybe sliding into, I think Mitchell Trubisky's probably better than Daniel Jones, but some type of situation like that and, like, have to wait his turn. Like, I could see Daniel Jones becoming a starting quarterback in the league still, like. But he'd have to go to, like, a backup role first. But between the two guys, I don't know. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a better better season. Um, they brought in Jahan Dotson in the draft. Obviously, still have Curtis Samuel. Terry McLaurin's really good. Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. Yeah, um, McKissick, I think they have solid weapons. I wouldn't say, like, really good weapons. But I think they have good enough weapons for Carson Wentz to work with. And I think another year, I think this is a year where I don't think there's, like, like he, yeah, he's playing for his job. Like I just think the team that he's on, there's just not like that much pressure just because of their expectations. So I expect him to have a a better season. But I think both these guys, uh, they have bad seasons. Won't won't be on the same team that they're on right now.
0: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I think that this is kind of like the end all be all potentially for both of these guys. And I'll start with Wentz. You make a great point at that. Maybe there's more pressure on Wentz in the sense because now it's like if he's. Bad, then he's done. But you're 100% right with the expectations. It's almost like if Carson Wentz has a Pro Bowl level year, like there's still a chance that Washington doesn't make the playoffs. So, like in that sense, yeah, Wentz should feel a lot looser and just kind of go ball out. Listen, you mentioned that they brought in Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel was basically out all of last year, too. So, to get him back in Washington, I know he reunited with his former offensive coordinator from Carolina. So, that should help. He knows how to use him. Obviously, Terry McLaurin, a budding superstar, they just did pay him. What sucks is that on defense, Chase Young was just placed on the physically unable to perform list. So he's going to be out the first four weeks. They said he had a setback too. So I'm curious to see when he's going to step back on the field because Washington's defense is kind of more the backbone of their team. Not saying again that their offense can't be good this year. I think that maybe if Wentz, turns back the clock a little bit they could and they go with the new york giants i think a lot of it with daniel jones will come down to it also his wide receivers health. i know last year he's playing without Kadarius tony for a lot of the times kenny galladay was a shell of himself he played but i mean you you couldn't tell he was out there sterling Shepard towards achilles was banged up earlier in the year too and stuff like that so just daniel jones needs more consistency he had obviously jason Garrett get fired mid-year so get like brian dable obviously like He's not going to turn Daniel Daniel Jones into Josh Allen like it's just. I don't th- I don't think so. If he does, please I, I would love nothing more in this world core than that to happen. Realistically, he's not. But what I want to see every week is Daniel Jones continue to get better and maybe be that guy. And if not, the Giants maybe will head in this, in another direction. Core. Normally, I'm a lot more biased, but I'm more realistic with the Giants and expectations. I know the throughout the whole NFC surely, but specifically the Giants because they were the fourth place team last year. They have these teams all have very easy schedules this coming year because they drew like the AFC South. So they get the Texans, they get the Jaguars. They also drew the the North, the NFC North out of division. So you get the bears, you get the lions. Then obviously you play in your division. Like there's a lot of very winnable games so that if one of these teams plays very well, they could see themselves with like, you, you might look and be like, wow, like I didn't really expect this team to maybe win 11, 12 games, but you know what they dominated in their division and they had another – they had easy schedule, like easy games outside of their division. So maybe it is. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But for the Giants getting back to it, it's, it's more than like – it. I don't know. I just don't think they're going to flip a complete switch overnight. I think that's unfair to think. I think they can be a competitive football team. Playoff-wise, core, I'm not 100% sure if they're there yet. But if they're a good enough football team, they will have a chance to do it because of how the cards are just dealt this year in the NFC. But like I said, I hope. And I really hope Kadarius Tony plays all 17 games this year because, I mean, that guy is – one of the most talented receivers I've seen on the Giants in my lifetime. Maybe, honestly, number two right behind Odell Beckham Jr. So I would love to see him there. Their defense might be a little rough this year under um, Wink Martindale. I know their corners are a little weak. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. You know what I mean? You just want to get better each and every year. Core, that's going to bring it to our prediction for this division. After talking about all four teams, I'll start with you first. Who you got winning the East?
1: Yeah, I think – I don't see the Cowboys repeating – I think it's tough for them to go back to back, especially like a franchise who feel like they've kind of struggled with that type of just consistency. So I think they'll still be good, but I don't know. I think this is the Eagles division. I think they get back and they, uh, they win the NFC East this
0: year and Jalen Hurts has, has a really good season. Yeah. I'm with you core. I mean, I'm definitely going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles here. I just think that their roster is too strong outside Of Jalen Hurts, not even saying Jalen Hurts is bad, but like they just have a much better roster than Dallas, top to bottom. It's very clear, and I think Dallas has too many holes that ultimately it's going to come back to bite him. I also just like I think Nick Sirianni is a pretty good head coach. I know Dallas has good coordinators, but then there's also the Mike McCarthy factor there. Core another one. um, There has not been a back-to-back champion in the NFC East in like almost 20 years now. I know the trend was going back, I think into like the mid 2000s. So I mean Dallas won the division last year. I mean if you if you're a believer in recent history it does not bode well for Dallas yeah I'm gonna go with Philadelphia too and agree with you I think it's so disgusting that I have to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division but it's a new season core I'm gonna be less biased I'd love to pick my Giants here and I think the Giants can win eight games maybe even nine maybe we'll squeak a nine but I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have a good football season and I think their ceiling can be very high if Jalen Hurst continues his development um in 2022. And Corey, that's going to bring us to the NFC North where the Green Bay Packers have won this division for at least in the last three years with each having 13 wins in the regular season. Their big loss in the offseason came with Devontae Adams. They were lucky to get back Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I mean, there was a lot of rumors around him and stuff like that potentially leaving. But Devontae Adams is out of town. No clear replacement there. Um, I'm curious, how do you think like, like the Packers are going to fare in the post-Adams era?
1: Yeah, I still think the Packers are winning at least ten games this year. I think Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you you have a top top three, top five quarterback in the league still. I think obviously no Devontae Adams. I don't see this offense being nearly as explosive as it was, like with Devontae Adams. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have to hope that guys like Christian Watson at North Dakota State could just come in and I don't know, just just be a star somehow. And um, Sammy Watkins, you're having out Alan Lazard. I mean, you're kind of relying on a lot of guys who are just – you're not certain they're going to be – they're going to be, like, reliable for you. But I think, if, like you said – um, like I said, like you still have Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure. If, I think Bakhtiari will be back. You have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. I think this defense was really good last year. Um, Obviously, J.R. Alexander in the secondary – And they have a good defense. So, I don't know. I I think the Packers are still going to be above above 500 team. I expect them to win anywhere from 10 to 12 games. I still think they'll be good.
0: Yeah, listen, I don't know if they're going to get MVP Rodgers again as he goes for a three-peat year, especially without Adams. But, I mean, look, this is a team that for a lot of last year played without Bakhtiari and played without Jair Alexander. So, I mean, those are arguably two of their top five players on their roster. So, to be as good as they were last year, to be the one seed without them is pretty impressive in its own right. You're 100% right. One of those receivers definitely needs to step up. Alan Lazard seems like a prime candidate. He's been in the system for a little bit. I think even more importantly, though, there's going to be a big emphasis on getting both of the running backs involved. I think A.J. Dillon is immensely talented and he needs to be on the field more, which means that there's going to be more receiving work for Aaron Jones. I think that Lafleur is a creative enough mind where he can get both of them involved and almost like use them to your strength. You know what I mean? Like that That's a position of strength use them like it doesn't matter that they're not receivers like island jones can catch 60 70 balls in the season no problem like that robert tunyan is also kind of a uh x-factor here. i know he got had, i think he tore his acl for sure last year it was definitely a lower body injury kept him out for the rest of the year but potentially he could be back who knows he was big for rogers two years ago do i think that they can win 13 games again maybe not but again i don't know necessarily if like i'm ready to sit here and say that the packers are like completely like done from contending in no way if you still have aaron Rodgers balling out like you're still going to be fine and offensively like they still have a good offensive line and stuff like that so with matt lafleur there i'm not too too worried about the packers although core the minnesota vikings are definitely trending if you ask me in the right direction they just did hire kevin o'connell this will be his first year he's the former offensive coordinator for the los angeles rams last year core in 2021, I'd pick the Vikings to go to the playoffs. They proceeded to lose eight games by one possession, which is remarkable if you ask me how unlucky they are. But listen, that's part of football. You know what I mean? You got to be able to close games and stuff like that. They bring in Zadarius Smith on the defensive side to replace Anthony Barnes, try to offset that. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see this offense for sure. Obviously, I mentioned O'Connell being an offensive mind. I mean, their offense has been pretty steady if you ask me the past couple years obviously i think defensively was more their problem last year especially situationally and their secondary still kind of is a great outside of an aging patrick peterson but yeah i mean kirk cousins justin jefferson's a budding superstar you'd love to see him how he o'connell worked with him after what he just did for cooper cup dalvin cook too adam Thielen. i mean there are some weapons here and maybe minnesota can make some noise and like i said i mean eight one score losses they were right in almost every game last year
1: yeah, I think the Vikings are a team with with good talent. I think losing, um, like getting rid of Mike Zimmer, I think Kevin O'Connell. I know he wasn't a head coach, but I don't know. I think just a change of energy. Hopefully, I think that could that could be the difference. Because like like you said, they lost a lot of games by well, one possession, and I don't know. I mean, you you take some of those games. You lose eight games by one possession. You win four of those, like your playoff team. So I think if Kevin O'Connell could just get this team to be able to gut out and win one possession games, like that's the difference. So I'm going to, I'm going to think with a new head coach, like the energy is, um, is going to be a little bit different. Obviously you said offensive mind. So I expect, and like this offense has been good, but I expect Justin Jefferson to get into another level. I think last year he really took off, but I think he has even more of a ceiling going into this year especially with um O'Connell and yeah I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be fine I think they'll be able to compete for this division I think the Packers losing um Devontae Adams Z'Darrius Smith going to the Vikings so I I think the Vikings will be right there and I I think they'll actually have I think they'll have a good season this year
0: yeah so cool I mean I think it's pretty obvious to almost everybody that it is pretty much a two-horse race in this division so I guess we'll go right to this and then we'll touch on the Bears and the Lions but um who do you got between the Packers and the Vikings? I know they play week one, so that's maybe a good early indication, but who do you think ultimately will win the NFC North?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Vikings, actually. I think. I think Aaron Rodgers obviously still a bad man, but I don't know. I think the NFC North due for a little bit of change, I think. Um, I, I said earlier I think the Viking, I think the Packers are gonna win anywhere from 10 to 12 games, but I think the Vikings will be right there within that number two, and I think they'll win this division. I think, um, yeah, there's a little bit of a change. We'll get into week one a little bit, like, later sometime, but I don't know, I think that's going to be a statement game for the Vikings, and, yeah, I I expect the Vikings to actually win this division. Justin Jefferson to go crazy, Kirk Cousins to actually maybe finally be somewhat of that guy. They still have Dalvin Cook in the backfield, too, so, yeah, I like the Vikings to win this
0: division. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite of you here, Core. I'm still going to ride with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And like I said, I don't think they're going to win 13 games, but I think 11 games will potentially be enough to win it in this division. I don't just, I trust Green Bay a lot more to win 11 than I trust Minnesota. And yes, I know that they're losing Devontae Adams. And do, am I 100% sure who's going to step up in the wide receiver room? No, I think a lot of it is honestly going to be Aaron Jones doing some receiving work. I think you're gonna be. I think there's going to be a couple games this year where maybe things get tough and maybe Rodgers doesn't necessarily trust anybody yet. So Aaron Jones plays a huge factor in the receiving game. I'm definitely excited to talk about that week one game. We're going to do that actually tomorrow on the tail end of our AFC preview. So be on the lookout for that. So yeah, our first disagreement core, I got the pack in the NFC North. And you have the Minnesota Vikings. And then we'll go into the Bears and Lions real quick, Corey. because I mean, both of these teams definitely in the rebuilding stages. If you ask me, Chicago has done a poor job this offseason really addressing what you should do for a young quarterback in Justin Fields. I mean, Darnell Mooney, yes, he's very good. Don't get me wrong. He had a good season last year, and hopefully you continue to build off that. But their number two receivers, like Byron Pringle, who they brought in. I know they have Nikhil Harry as well. I just don't love it, especially with an offensive line that was so bad last year and doesn't have a lot of clear improvements on it. Like that definitely makes me a little skeptical for how can you get fields a fair chance? And it would suck to have such a guy who's potentially so talented, almost not get a, a fair shot. And like the Detroit Lions, you know what I mean? I think they're still a little bit like away from contention. Obviously Jared Goff still there as quarterback. It almost seems like it's a stopgap that potentially in 2023, they'll be drafting near the top and could bring in one of the top quarterbacks this year. One thing that I will mention For the Lions, that would be big to watch this year. Obviously, their star, number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, staying in the state of Michigan, playing in Detroit. That would be cool to see. You'd love to see if he can translate his game from college to the NFL. And then the biggest guy court, Jeff Okuda. I mean, this is a guy who was a number three overall pick in 2020, struggled as a rookie. Last year, towards Achilles, I think he only played like one game or something like that. So this is a big season for Okuda to kind of cement himself potentially as – a plan like as plans in the Lions future they get back Jamison Williams hopefully at some point in the middle of the year so you could kind of see how he develops and stuff like that but yeah I think Okuda is a big x-factor not that like Okuda is going to bring this team to the playoffs but like if you're the Lions and you could take out of 2022 that Jamo got healthy and got good you get a good draft pick and on top of that Jeff Okuda can kind of be maybe what you drafted him to be that, that that's a good year if you ask me for the Lions.
1: Yeah, I think between these two teams, I think the Lions are in a better direction. I think Dan Campbell, I, I love him as as a head coach. He just brings just energy and a lot of passion to the game, which I, I personally love. And I don't know. I'd say the only – I think Jared Goff, at quarterback, might be the only thing. But the thing about Goff is he's kind of – you know he's going to be like serviceable. Like a guy's made the Super Bowl – made a Super Bowl in his career, so – I don't know. I think the Lions are definitely heading in the right direction. And honestly, you're right, I completely forgot about Jeff Okuda coming off an injury, um, former what is it, third pick in the draft. So yeah, it's certainly an X factor. If they can get him and he could become that lockdown corner that they were expecting, I think this Lions team will will be pretty good. I don't think they'll um I don't think they'll make the playoffs or anything. Like I said, I think the Vikings are gonna win this division. But I don't think that's like I really don't think that's that realistic for the Lions this year. I think if they could just take um, a step up, play competitive ball, win a few of those games, I think that'd be um, a success. And then for the Bears, I don't think – I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a Justin Fields believer, but I don't think the Bears really are giving him – like you said, I don't, I don't think they're really putting him in that good of a position to succeed. I mean, Darnell Mooney is pretty good. But, like, for him literally be your wide receiver one – and in a bad offensive line, I just – I don't know how much you're really setting him up to succeed. Like, I don't know. I mean, they they, they bring in Nakiel Harry for a seventh-round pick. I am I just think this is probably the worst receiving core in the league with a bad old line. I don't know how you expect Justin Fields to do that good. So, I'll see how the Bears do, but I don't really expect – I don't expect much from them. But I hope Justin Fields
0: can at least show some promise because I'm, I'm a believer in him. Yeah, listen, tomorrow when we talk about the AFC quarter, I'll spoil it a little bit. I'm going to talk about kind of the Jets and how, like, to contrast, if you ask me. I know the GM there, um, it's a guy from Kansas City. I can't remember his name exactly what time I had. He just got there, so don't get me wrong. Joe Douglas has been established there. But if you look at kind of what the Jets have done to surround Zach Wilson, who's going into his second year, and what the Bears have done, like, it, it's a little upsetting, if you ask me. Like I said, I know it's completely different sto- a completely different situation and stuff like that, but... I'm still going to compare. You know what I mean? They're still both going into their second year. So hopefully for the Bears and Lions' takes that both of those fan bases can take away from 2022. Maybe there won't be a whole ton of winning, but there could be a lot of promise for the future. Moving on court to the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' future was looking real murky in the beginning of the offseason when Tom Brady said he was going to step away. But Brady hit yeah, us with a little bit of pump fake. He's coming back in what looks like it's going to be his last year. Not with Bruce Arians by his side. Todd Bowles is elevated to head coach. He's also missing his whole interior offensive line from last year. Ali Marpet stepped away from the game. Alex Kappa left in free agency, and Ryan Jensen was injured in training camp. So for a guy, Tom Brady, who's always had great offensive line play, he's not going to have that in Tampa Bay. That's definitely something that they've leaned on these past couple of years, but he's still got a stud receiving core. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin coming back from the ACL injury. It's looking like he's going to play week one, two, which is awesome. Russell Gage, who they're paying $10 million a year to be part of this offense. Julio Jones is another good yet. Cameron Brate as well. Leonard Fournette, of course, in the backfield. So I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be just fine. Yes, they're losing a little bit. Maybe their roster is a hair worse than it was last year. But at the end of the day, they got Tom Brady back, which didn't seem like it was really plausible when – what was it in the beginning of February when he was like, All right, I'm stepping away. So in, in that sense, this offseason has to be considered a win for them.
1: I mean, for sure, you were expecting um Tom Brady to step away, comes back. I think <clears throat> Tom Brady comes back, even at this age of his. I mean, I think the rank I think the Bucks instantly turn into a top two. Top yeah, I'd say definitely a top two team in the NFC. Top team in the NFL, I think. Yeah, like you said, the, the wide receiving core is definitely still stacked. Mike Evans, they even bring in Julio Jones. I mean, Godwin should be back. Leonard Fournette, I know he came in a little bit overweight um, into camp, but I still think he'll be good. I think he was kind of um, kind of like a bounce-back year for him last year. And the defense, obviously, still um, still good. I mean, Devin White at linebacker. Um, you got Antoine Winfield in the second. They have a good defense, I think. Todd Bowles, more of a defensive-minded head coach. I think that'll help out. So yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks still run this division. I think the Saints uh still I think the Saints are good, obviously. Like they kind of live rent-free in Brady's head, but I still think this is the Bucks division to lose, no
0: doubt. Yeah, listen, we'll get into the Bucs in a little later and kind of like where we think they stand in the entire NFC. I agree with you though, that for in this division, it is theirs to lose. So, I mean, I guess we're going to spoil our pick a little early. We will both go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here to win the division. I know I'm speaking for Corey here, but I got the utmost confidence. That's where he's going. doesn't mean that if you ask me, Corey, that there aren't going to be some other teams in this division that are going to win some football games. Listen, I know Sean Payton is gone. He's been a staple in New Orleans for, like, the past 15 years. But they get Jameis Winston back. Michael Thomas is back there, too. They bring in Chris Olave. A couple changes at safety. There's no Marcus – there's no – marcus williams anymore and there's no cj gardner johnson but they bring in tyron matthew um, Marcus May they also brought in, but there's some questions about him. He, he was in the news for something bad, not good. So Marcus May could potentially be in some trouble. Alvin Kamara will be a big X factor if you ask me. Potentially, he could be facing a suspension. They're saying it might get held off until 2023. There's a lot of uncertainty around this team, don't get me wrong, but Dennis Allen, another defensive coordinator, stepping in to the head coach role. I think, I mean, this is a team that I believe the Saints last year won eight or nine games, and they had some horrendous quarterback play. So I don't see why that Jameis Winston was looking looking good I'm not going to say spectacular before he went down with an injury this is a team though that has dominated Tom Brady in the regular season four zero no, the past two seasons there so I think this is a team this a Saints team that can be a little sneaky I'm not necessarily saying win a division necessarily but they can definitely be competitive all season long but they, they, there are a lot of question marks around this team like I just said with health wise especially on the offensive side of the football
1: I think yeah I think the Saints team on offense pretty rejuvenated You get back James Winston. Obviously, you bring in Jarvis Landry from mm-hmm. kind of a home, hometown reunion from LSU, from Louisiana. I mean, Chris Olave in the draft, I like that pick. So you're definitely giving Jameis Winston some more weapons. Obviously, you still have Alvin Kamara. And, I mean, Taysom Hill, I, you can't forget about him. He could still be, like, implemented into this offense. So I, th- I think the Saints definitely come in second in this division, I think. Definitely compete for a wild-card spot like the defense. I think the secondary of the Saints is really good. I don't know if Marcus May will be able to play, but Tyron Matthew at free safety brought him in from the Chiefs. Still got Marshawn Landemore at corner. So I really like the team. Demario Davis, another guy, like, really good linebacker. Cam, Cam Jordan, too. So, yeah, I think the Saints are – they're one. there's a good – they've been a good-ran organization over the last, like – to like 8-10 years, just like competitive team, I think they have solid talent, so I think this team will finish over 500 and definitely
0: compete for a wild card in the NFC. Yeah, if you ask me, it's a very similar like in the sense of like Pittsburgh in a sense this year where it's like a team that it like, maybe is like not as talented as they have been in the past but like you just have trust in the organization because, I mean, they deserve it. Again, this is a team that it just seems like year in and year out, they're always fielding a competitive team. But like I said, last year I'm blanking if they went like I said, they won – I think they won, did win nine games, by the way, last year. And, I mean, who was that quarterback? They did win nine games last year. And you had Trevor you. Simeon. I know he was that quarterback. Ian Book started the game at quarterback on Monday Night Football. That, good, one was, that, that one was rough, all right? Taysom Hill obviously got a little bit of run there too as well. So, but – um Yeah, I know he's he's still back there and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think that there's definitely some question marks around this team, but definitely don't write them off as a team that's just like, oh, Sean Payton's gone. All right, see ya. What I do think will be interesting, though, core, maybe – I don't know if I would shoo this team in, though, for second in the NFC South because I think the Carolina Panthers have a very underrated defense. You got pieces like Brian Burns there, Jeremy Chin. Dante Jackson, JC Horn was hurt last year, but he was showing a lot of promise. And I mean, the biggest X factor of them all will be Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. They got bad QB play last year as well from Sam Darnold. Obviously then they went back to like Cam Newton and stuff. PJ Walker was playing there a little bit. They got a healthy Christian McCaffrey back last year, this year, DJ Moore, is a, honestly, I think he's vastly underrated as a wide receiver. I think he's very good with the ball in his hands. He's a good route runner. So I think that there's potential for the Panthers to make some noise. And I think, listen, there's not like Baker Mayfield, say all you want about the guy. He's had one real good NFL season under his belt that like in 2020, that he was awesome. Last year, he's toughing it out through an injury and stuff like that. He's just like one of those guys that seems like too, obviously everybody knows how he carries himself and stuff like that. Like this is like, he just seems like, Baker would be the type of guy right now to rise up to the occasion, and almost kind of like he—he he, he embraces the chip on his shoulder. He—he—he he, he knows that people are kind of out for him, but I—he—he I, he lives up to that. And I think Baker's going to have a real good bounce back year this year and surprise some people in Carolina. And like I said, I think this Carolina team can be real competitive because of some of the pieces that they have now. If it goes bad, that Rule could definitely be on the hot seat because I mean this is now year three, and it's kind of been ugly the first two years. But I don't think necessarily will go that bad I think that Baker Mayfield like I said will rise up to the occasion so going the start in week one with the Baker Mayfield revenge game against the Cleveland Browns
1: yeah I think the Panthers will be competitive for sure I, I was just gonna say like I think all these teams in this like all the teams in the division the Falcons also like I think they can all be competitive like I don't think any of these teams are like really bad football teams like like a team like the Bears in the NFC North like I don't think they'll compete at all. I think they're just below. Maybe the Lions kind of too. But I don't know. I think all these teams are pretty good. But the Panthers, I think Baker Mayfield comes in with definitely the chip on his shoulder. That's a guy he's like a guy, kind of been like that his whole career. Kind of just like an underdog type mentality, but obviously was the first pick in the draft. Obviously not the biggest guy. But yeah, I think um a change of scenery for him pretty big. I hope he's healthy because last year obviously he was clearly fighting through a lot of injuries and he was still playing. So yeah, I mean DJ Moore on the outside, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. Obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey. He, if he could stay healthy, you're getting JC Hornbeck on defense. Jeremy Chin is good. So, yeah, I don't. I think they're the third best team. May maybe even fourth. I think them and the Falcons will be kind of close. I think they'll edge out the Falcons though. But I think I don't think they're better than the Saints. But I think this team can maybe win anywhere from. I don't know, I'd say like six to eight games. I think they could be competitive and do
0: solid. But I don't see them as a playoff team, really. All right, that's fair, core. I guess that's going to be – I honestly think that's our biggest disagreement yet. I think that I, – I actually have a little bit of higher hopes for the Panthers. I'll get into that maybe a little bit towards the end. And honestly, with the Falcons, I, I'm, I'm not really a believer. I love Marcus Mariota. One of my favorite all-time college quarterbacks. And then obviously I followed him throughout his pro career. I don't think he got necessarily – I mean, he got a shot in Tennessee, but he had like an elbow injury, a lot of different offensive coordinators. So I'm excited to see what he can do finally in another chance as a starting quarterback. And they got Drake London on the outside, obviously the young rookie out of USC. Kyle Pitts too is a good piece on offense. AJ Terrell showed he was a lockdown corner last year. Outside of that, I don't look like Grady Jarrett's obviously been there for a while. He's an pro bowl type defensive line, I and mean, outside of that core I, I don't necessarily love this roster um i, I honestly think that there's a d- steep gap between the panthers and the falcons so we can agree to disagree no problem i think the panthers are uh, the falcons are more looking towards 2023 whereas the panthers maybe have a little bit more of a chance to compete in the playoffs this coming year but enough with the nfc South core. let's get on to if you ask me undisputedly the best division in the nfc the nfc west and we're going to start with the super bowl champ core, and i'm going to just give it to you straight. I mean, is it fair to say that the Los Angeles Rams can 100% repeat this year? Because I, I personally think so. That's spoiler alert for me. I mean, they got better, you could argue, with bringing in Bobby Wagner and Alan Robinson. They're going to get a full year of Cam Akers back. Yes, they have the hardest strike to schedule in the NFL, but can the Los Angeles Rams go back to back?
1: I mean, certainly they can go back to back, like still so a really talented team. Obviously, you lost Od- Odell Beckham's a free agent, came in the middle of the season last year. I mean, still, yeah, you really bring in Allen Robinson, who personally I think really good receiver, obviously, in in uh, Chicago, kind of dealt with a lot of poor, just poor ran offense and poor quarterback play. So I think having Matthew Stafford throw him the ball and Cooper Cup coming off probably like a top three greatest season of all time, I think Allen Robinson could come in and – uh. He can get a lot of targets early for Matthew Stafford, Cam makers potentially, um, a bounce back, bounce back player played a little bit last year. I think he'll be kind of breakout too. You bring in Bobby Wagner from Seattle, so yeah. I mean, I I, can, I don't see why the uh, the Rams can't repeat. I mean, still a really talented roster. Didn't really lose much, so yeah, definitely think the Rams still a top two team. I think them and the Bucs are the top two teams in the NFC. I think you you probably agree. I think them two should be neck and neck. And I think those, yeah, I think those are the two best teams. So, for sure, the Rams could run
0: it back. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm in agreement with you. I definitely think that there is a little bit of a drop-off outside of the Bucs and Rams. But one of the things, like, I don't know, maybe just, like, one of my, like, rules of thumb and stuff like yeah, that, I don't necessarily love choosing a team to repeat just in the sense that, like, I don't know, I don't want to spoil my – you know what, like, I just don't – like. When, when you're going for that first one, it's just like – it's so different. You know what I mean? Yes, and obviously th- – that's just always my thought. I'm going to stick to it, obviously, until I'm proven wrong and the Rams go 17-0 this year and win the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I think Cooper Cup, obviously, I mean, if he were to repeat what he did last year, that would be unworldly. I did. It, realistically, it's not going to happen. But, yeah, they they arguably got better. They lost Robert Wood, but he was gone half of the season last year anyway. Andrew Whitworth retired, but they paid their left t- – tackle, like one of their reserve tackles, a lot of money. It was just going to step in and hopefully – play as good as he did. Obviously Aaron Donald, they were able to figure out his contract situation with Donald, maybe old rumors that he possibly stepping away. This is a team too. It always seems like they're able to develop some of their late round picks and they're able to step into some bigger roles. So I would not be in any way, shape or form surprised if the Rams did a repeat. Now, will I pick them to repeat? We're just going to have to wait and see and find out. Core, in the NFC West. We'll also talk about some other big contenders. I think there's two clear ones, obviously, for the throne to go get the Rams. We'll start first in San Francisco where the Trey Lance era is going to officially begin. He was the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Got a couple starts last year. Looked all right. Maybe nothing like spectacular. Uh there's been obviously he came from North Dakota State and he didn't play in the COVID year, so not a whole ton of game action for him, but his upside is. Immense, If you ask me, I think it's 100% the right move. I think you're a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo, but you could potentially be a Super Bowl team with Trey Lance if he lives up to his potential. Now that's also saying that you might not be a playoff team if Trey Lance really does not play good. They could always go back to Garoppolo. That's always a, um, a possibility. Debo Samuel, there was a lot of things maybe saying that he wanted out and stuff like that. It was looking for a while that Debo would not be back in San Francisco. He is. I'm interested to see what type of role he does play. I'm also definitely interested to see on what the loss of Mike McDaniel will do for this offense. I know he's a guy who's really been under the scenes the past couple years as their offensive coordinator and their run game coordinator where you think of San Francisco and you're like, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan. Mike McDaniel was a huge part of what they would do offensively. So I'm definitely curious to see how Shanahan adopts without him. Their secondary isn't great. I know Jimmy Ward went on the IR. They lost Jaquiski Tart. So you don't love that hole there. But I think that this is a team again who came very close to going to the Super Bowl this past year as a six seed. They just caught fire in the playoffs. And if you ask me, they could be significantly upgrading at quarterback because I mean it's no secret at this point that I'm I'm pretty high on Trey Lance. So Yeah, I think there's some potential for San Francisco to have a big year. And ultimately, though, no matter how Trey Lance plays, I ultimately think it was 100% the right move to go to Lance because they showed their ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Now let's swing for the fences here.
1: Mm -hmm. I kind of agree with you, I think. Definitely right move to start with Trey Lance. If you think Trey Lance is the guy, you got to go with him now. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he did get you to the NFC Championship game, but I don't know. I think Trey Lance – if that's – if you think Trey Lance is the guy and Jimmy G gets you the NFC championship game, I think, like, the expectation should be to get to a Super Bowl. And uh, that's probably the expectation for them, I think. Um, I don't know how I am on Trey Lance. I'm not going to lie. I, I've seen him. Like, I know he's, like, a really good rushing quarterback. Like, he could run really well. But, I'm not, I am not Percy. personally, I've not seen a lot on him. I know, obviously, went to North Dakota State. Last year, played a few games. I really got to see more of him. Um, Like, what I have seen of him, I think he has, like, really good potential. But I don't know how I'm, like – I wouldn't say I'm, like, really high on him, but, like, I'm not, like, low on him. Like, I just need to see more of him, to be honest. So, I don't know. I think this team runs however Trey Lance plays. If Trey Lance obviously balls out, this team could win a Super Bowl. If he – like you said, if if he comes in, he struggles, they could lose some games while he's quarterback. I think it's all up to him. I think uh, the 49ers are really good, like, player-developing organization. So, I think Trey Lance will do good. And, yeah, I think – I still think the Rams are the best team in this division. But, I don't know, the 49ers, Just something about them. They just got dogs on both sides of the ball. I think um, Elijah Mitchell runs really good. Um, running back, Debo Samuel, obviously showed how how much of a playmaker he is la- – he was last year. Still got Fred Warner on defense, so – and and a really good defense. So yeah, I think 49ers will be
0: good. And I think they'll be a playoff team this
1: year, but I don't think they'll win the division.
0: That's definitely fair to say. I think one guy who will get more involved this year, too, is Brandon Ayuk, guy who kind of got off to a slow start last year. There's some things with training camp and him being injured, and then early in the year lost Shanahan's trust, but he's too talented to not be involved. And then core arguably we haven't even touched on their two best players in George Kittle and Nick Bosa. I mean, these are two studs, obviously, two of the NFL's best. So I think, yeah, I think there are some holes if you ask me in San Francisco for sure, but I think that, again, Trey Lance can kind of outshine those holes if you ask me and, like, the addition of him there. So I'm definitely high on the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if I'm high enough to say that, like, like high on them enough to go with them over the Rams, but I guess I'll kind of see. I'll kind of pick it in the moment. I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm very torn on it. Corey, the other team in this division that I could see definitely competing for the division title will be the Arizona Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals are arguably under some of the most pressure this year, specifically Cliff Kingsbury, because it's been ugly. And last like, – ugly in the second half of the seasons i should say and like that playoff loss that they had to the rams they got absolutely embarrassed they just paid tyler murray a ton of money then they brought in marquise brown his former college teammate they're gonna be without deandre hopkins early in the year but um it, it, it was almost a pr mess too with murray obviously and like that call of duty rule that they had basically in his contract where it was like you have to study for four hours because you can't be playing video games which is insane but I, 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 like I said, I don't think there's a team, honestly, in the NFC who's going to be watched as much as the Arizona Cardinals because of, like, just, like, how it seems like – I mean, 2020 and 2021, they were got off to such great starts. 2020, they don't end up making the playoffs. In 2021, they basically didn't even show up to the wild card round against the Rams. It was it was embarrassing. Yeah, I don't
1: know how I feel um, about the, the Cardinals. I think – I don't think this – I think this team – Definitely is not winning this division. I think losing D-Hop, obviously, for, what is it, six games? I don't think. I think that's not good. But I think Marquise Brown could come in and fill that void. But I don't know. I think when D-Hop comes back, this offense could be extremely dangerous because I think Marquise Brown as your number two is a lot better than him as your as your number one. I think he's good. Obviously, he played with Kyler Murray in college. But I think D-Hop is just he's a whole nother level. Above, um, Marquise Brown, more of a guy could just like more of like a good, I don't think he's that tall, but like he can go up and just like get jump balls. Like Marquise Brown, more of like a speed type guy. So mm-hmm. I think this offense could be really good once D Hop comes back. I still think it'll be good with without D Hop. I mean, James Conner had a ton of touchdowns last year, and yeah, I mean, on defense, uh. I I love Buda Baker. He's probably one of my favorite players. I don't know how JJ Watt is kind of um kind of getting old, a lot of injuries. So I don't know. There's a lot of question marks surrounding this team. And I think their ceiling is, is a wild card spot. And I'd say their floor is they could miss the playoffs. I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna win the NFC NFC West. I think it's a really good division. So I expect uh, the Cardinals to be competitive in 2022. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I really don't see them making a deep run um, either. I think Kyler Murray's a guy who's kind of, I don't know, I feel like he's kind of been like Russell Wilson. I'm not, like, the way I'm comparing them is, like, they both start off, like, really good. And Mm -hmm. then, like, as the season goes, like, they kind of, like, fade a little bit. Like, they kind of just, like, even out. And, like, they just, like, do not sustain the production they were doing earlier in the year. I think that's kind of, like... Was a theme last year, so if Kyler, I hope Kyler Murray could um could flip the switch a little bit. I think if the, if he can, this team would be a lot better. But I don't know. That's kind of been a theme right now. So I don't know. I think I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll win. They can win this division. I don't. I don't think they can.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I will not be choosing the Cardinals to ultimately win this division. I definitely think about that there they're going to be in the playoff hunt for sure. Uh, defensively, you mentioned J.J. Watt. He was bagged up last year. It's going to be big to get him back healthy. They did lose Chandler Jones on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned Buda Baker. He's a stud at safety. Byron Murphy, too, another guy who had a great year at corner for them. I think he's developing into really one of the top – like a top defensive back in this league. He should definitely be talking about a lot more. I think a lot of pressure will go on. The two high former first-round draft picks, um, Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins, both of the inside linebackers there, I think that – Those guys obviously harder your defense and stuff like that. These guys are both athletic freaks and stuff like that. So, I think that if you have them two in the middle of the defense playing up to their potential, obviously, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy in the secondary, JJ Watt maybe gives you something that, like, their defense was was pretty good last year. It, it was a good unit. And then offensively, you know that you're going to put up points. Obviously, with Kyler Murray, I think Marquise Brown's going to have a really good year. I think this offense fits in very well. Rondell Moore, too, is another guy who's going to step into a bigger role. We know Christian Kirk and almost tread water enough until you get deandre hopkins back the last team will barely touch on in this division core, just in the interest of time is the seattle seahawks are just preparing for life outside of russell wilson obviously they traded him this past offseason geno smith is going to be the starter there not a long-term guy you would think he did beat out drew lock though so it kind of maybe tells you what they think about drew lock as their potential franchise quarterback they got a couple of rookie offensive linemen specifically at the tackle position i know they drafted charles cross in the first round so definitely they hope that he can develop into a franchise cornerstone. Kenneth Walker's another rookie running back that they drafted who maybe will come in to play a bigger role. I know he's a little banged up right now. No a fan at tight end. So there's a lot of new pieces in Seattle obviously moving on from Russell Wilson, moving on from Bobby Wagner. I'm interested to see what happens to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's production. Seems like these guys have kind of been staples the past couple of years, obviously, with Russell Wilson and now um who knows and I'm I'm curious. I don't necessarily know if Seattle's going to be like, I don't think they're going to be, like, a bottom feeder in the league. I think they'll be competitive in certain games. But, ultimately, I just think that, like, the QB play is not going to be good enough. Core that brings it to, ultimately, who's winning this division. It kind of seems like you're siding with the Rams here. Am I right? Yeah, I'm definitely siding with the Rams to uh,
1: run it back and win this division for sure.
0: Yeah. I, you know what? I was going back and forth on it. And at Ultimately, I hate I hate being boring, which is why I want to go with San Francisco. I think I think San Francisco could easily take this division. I think it's gonna be I think they're gonna be separated by a game maybe, but ultimately I'm I'm gonna side with the Rams too. I think the, the Rams roster top to bottom too is a little bit better. I trust the Rams like player development and like less sneed as a general manager. Not that John Lynch isn't a great general manager of his own, but it always seems like the Rams, again, are able to take these later round picks and then plug them into holes that They have, and they're able to produce there. And Sean McVay is able to kind of, like, scheme away from some of his team's deficiencies. There's a lot more question marks surrounding the San Francisco 49ers, so I'll play it a little bit safer and go with the Rams to win the division. Like I said, not that if the 49ers won the division, it would not shock me in the least bit, as you'll get into in a little bit. So with that core, we bring it to the rest of our playoff picture. If I'm not mistaken, Corey, you have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams as your four division winners. That's correct, right? Yep, that's it. Give me your three wild card teams. Let's hear them.
1: Yeah, I think with my three wild card teams, I'm gonna go with. I think the Green Bay Packers certainly, uh, certainly get in. I'm gonna go with the. I think the Saints get in also, and that would leave my third one between the Cardinals and the Cowboys. And I don't know. I did say I think the Cardinals will make the playoffs. So, I don't know. I'm also going to change my mind. I think the, I think the Cardinals are on the outside looking in. I'll say my third team to make it is the Dallas Cowboys. I think. Uh, I think Dak Prescott gets them in, and yeah, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the
0: the Packers. Yeah. Those are my three. Yeah, got those three. All right, core. Listen, we're gonna have a pretty decent disagreement because I'm definitely showing the San Francisco 49ers into the playoffs. Oh, you in the 49ers, yeah. You you got them missing the playoffs. Listen, they, they couldn't have been too impactful on you then. There, I'm gonna go though with one of your division picks as well. I'm gonna take the Minnesota Vikings to make the playoffs. I think ultimately that eight one like that that like I would be like remiss if I didn't take them. You know, like just just on that fact alone, and knowing that they have a new head coach and stuff like that, and I think that again you play four games against the Bears and the Lions. But those are games that you absolutely have to win. I know they play the NFC East as well this year, which will definitely help them out. And then my last team, I'm I'm kind of in a toss-up for four teams. I got the Arizona Cardinals, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, I really think who are going to surprise people. I think they're going to be my surprise team of the year. I think they can win nine games. And like I said, maybe not make the playoffs, but people are going to be like, all right, Carolina was a lot better. Like, maybe we didn't give them enough credit. And then the Dallas Cowboys will be my other team. But I ultimately don't think Dallas's roster is good enough. If I had to ultimately go with two teams, it's going to be between the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints, both teams that you have making the playoffs. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the Arizona Cardinals. I just think there's maybe a little bit too many questions around the New Orleans Saints and then even throw into that with Dennis Allen there. I think that there's a lot of pressure on the Arizona Cardinals and maybe they'll live up to some of the expectations this year. And, and ultimately I just think there's a lot of talent there that can be recognized and can ultimately develop. I mean, again, this is a team that started off seven and zero last year and then 10 and two. So the talent is there. And Tyler Murray obviously is a hell of a football player, but they just got to hopefully can put it together this year for their sake. And then Core will go with the top of the conference. And listen, I didn't take them to beat the Rams in the in their division that i was going to go with the bucks too but i think that's who you're going to go with so i'm going to i'm, I'm going to go with san francisco and trey lance ultimately as my breakout player i'm going to i'm just going to push all my chips into the table coin just say i'm all in on trey lance and the san francisco 49ers i don't know necessarily how good of a season it is i think it's going to be really good and i think he's going to be able to overcome some of the things the niners have proven that they play well come january and early february obviously potentially into the playoffs i think that like Shanahan is too creative of a coach to get a quarterback as gifted as Lance and take a step back from where he was last year. Like just think about the amount of like the the run game just opens up so much when you can have a threat, like Lance at the quarterback position to run the ball 15 times a game. You have an extra blocker as simple as that in your running back that you just get an extra number in the box. I think it's like, I think Shanahan could have a field day potentially with Trey Lance, and but obviously I hear things about me. Oh, Shanahan isn't really one hundred percent sold on Lance and stuff like that. I, he, you drafted a guy third overall the building was sold. Like you guys are bought into him, right? You at least have to give him the fair shot. So I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously them losing in the NFC Championship maybe gives them a chip on their shoulder. They got stars in Bosa, in Kittle, in Debo, in Fred Warner. So, and I think Trey Lance is going to jump right up there and be another star in this football team. So yeah, I think if you ask me, I'm in agreement with you that the Buccaneers and the Rams are probably a step above everybody. But I think the 49ers could definitely overtake one of them in the playoffs, if not both, and I, I'll take them as my NFC representative in the Super Bowl.
1: Mm. It's a it's a lot, Peo. I think I don't know if we're going breakout, we're going breakout player right now. I think I I don't know. I think it's going to be. I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs, but I think the Falcons got two really good guys on the outside, and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and I don't know. I think one of these guys is gonna is gonna break out and they're both really capable of being major breakout guys. So I think easily both of them can go for a thousand yards. I think this offense is gonna be solid, I think. It'll be able to keep them in some games. I, I know Marcus Mariota clearly like not like that good anymore, but I just think both these guys are just like just like I think London London's six four um Pitt's 6'6". I think both these guys just freaks on the outside Mm -hmm. and just go up and get balls. So I think this offense is going to be fun to watch because of both those guys. So I'll say both those guys. I think – I know Pitt's went over 1,000 last year, but I think Pitt's takes it to another level, and I think Jake London gets, like, over 1,000 yards as a rookie. I think this offense will be solid and fun to watch. So I'd say those two guys are – yeah, I think those are both – like, two of my breakout guys, both the receivers – I mean, Pitts and Tenant. both those guys on the on the Falcons are my breakout guys. Hey, yeah. I
0: like that. I like that for sure, man. I'll cut it. I'll cut off on you real quick before you go into your conference winner. But yeah, I mean, they're going to be trailing a lot if you ask me too. So there's going to be a lot of chances for them, and that's a bet on talent thing. I think like obviously Kyle, Kyle Pitts, if you ask me, one of the most talented guys in the draft last year went fourth overall, and Drake London too. I think. I don't know. I don't I feel like he doesn't get enough love, if you ask me. He was so dominant at USC and then he got hurt. He was on his well on his way to potentially winning the bulletin cough last year when he I think he like fractured his ankle or something like that in about like late October. So I mean, yeah, these two guys are immensely talented and uh, a thirteen team that again I think is gonna be losing some games. I think there's a chance for them to put up some gaudy numbers, which brings it to core. Who's your conference winner?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like too good of a story. I think Tom Brady announcing retirement, a few months later, he's like, yeah, I'm back. Like, I'm coming back. I just think it's too like too good of a story for the GOAT to come back. I think he goes out on top. I think the um, – I'm not going to say my Super Bowl winner, but mm-hmm. I think the Bucks win the NFC and get to another Super Bowl where, like, Brady is kind of just like – you can't bet against Brady in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I think, I think him running it back with his team. Obviously, they lost to the Rams. They showed good fight in that game coming back at the end, almost almost shocking the Rams. And they were down by – I think they were down by, like, as many as, like, three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah, 24.
1: 24, yeah. Okay, so more than that. I mean, yeah, still three touchdowns. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think the Buccaneers are just on both sides of the ball. Like, they still have a really good team, good weapons, Tom Brady back. I think this is their – this is, like, almost like the last dance. So, I think they get it done. Brady gets number eight. Oh, I'm, I'm giving it away. They're kind of my pick, but to win the NFC for sure, I'm going to go with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, That's okay, Corey. You can give them a little tease. And yeah, listen, hopefully their last dance goes a little better than the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams last dance of last year. Um, Corey, we'll wrap it up. Honestly, we didn't say a most disappointing team. I'll be real brief on this just in the interest of time. The Dallas Cowboys, I'm missing the playoffs, and I think they're going to be my most disappointing team. Obviously, America's team, as they're self-proclaimed and stuff like that. Everything's bigger in Texas, most valuable franchise in all of sports. But they got star power. I, I ultimately don't think – I think they missed the playoffs. And to me, Dallas misses the playoffs in a bad division. That's pretty disappointing. So that that's kind of mine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Dallas is, is a good um, team to be disappointing. But I don't know. I think – I'm looking at these teams. I think another disappointing team. I'd probably say that I think the Arizona Cardinals, I think are a good team, but I think it's going to be another year where they kind of disappoint a little bit. I think Uh obviously the expectations are to get to the playoffs. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. So I think that's just a disappointing year. I think, unfortunately it's going to be another year where they kind of just like fall off a little bit in the second half of the season. Hey, hopefully I'm wrong. I like Kyler Murray, but I just think, um, I honestly forgot before. I, I don't know why I forgot about the 49ers. I think they could def- definitely be in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I'll stick with the three teams I had before, but I think the 49ers will finish better than the Cardinals too. So, yeah, I'd say the Cardinals are my my um, most disappointing team, the team with expectations I don't think they'll make the playoffs. So, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty, pretty disappointing season for them.
0: Yeah, and listen, I, I mean, I chose the Cardinals to make the playoffs but i was like very hesitant on it. i even think at nine and eight or ten and seven like even ten and seven you could like if, if they're nine and eight and they squeeze into the playoffs like i still think that's kind of like disappointing if they get bounced in the first round for sure especially like you could just kind of tell like last year like the eagles were nine and eight and they were the seventh seed in the playoffs but like they didn't really like look like they deserved to be there you know what i mean just like one of, just like one of those things that like it, it is what it is at the end of the day but core With that, that's going to wrap up our NFC preview. Like we said, tomorrow we're going to come back with our AFC preview. We're going to give you some award winners, and we're going to start our week one game picks. This year we're not going to do every single game. We're going to take some of our premier games. We're going to talk about those in depth, and then we are going to post all of them on our Instagram at the default underscore core. It felt great to get back, and I'm definitely ready to talk football tomorrow again. What about you? Yeah, definitely. I'm ready
1: to get into the AFC I think a a deeper conference, a lot of, I think, the seven playoff teams in that are going to be even harder to pick from. So, yeah,
0: definitely looking forward to uh, talking about the AFC. Yeah, listen, maybe I got some NFC bias, and that's why we did it first, because I am a New York Giants fan, but I do think the AFC overall is a better conference this year. I mean, they definitely have the best division in football. Not even close. Definitely excited to talk some AFC ball tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. Get ready for tomorrow's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.